0: Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. I am excited today because I have a whole crew with me on this podcast. Today, I have the Coalition for Change, the the team from USC Marshall, which recently won the John R. Lewis Racial Justice Case Competition. I'm excited because I'm going to talk to all of them to learn a little bit more about their experience participating in the case competition, what they've learned uh, from the process, and just how it all went, I was fortunate enough to have Willie Sullivan on a couple of weeks ago to talk a little bit more about the case competition. And since this team won, I wanted to learn a little bit more about their experience. So I have all four members of the team with me on today. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to go around the horn here. But I guess maybe just to start, we can just do some quick uh, intros and Aria, they all nominated you to go first. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to, and I'm looking at you. So maybe could just really quickly, could you just uh, introduce yourself? So your name, your year, and then maybe uh, something about you that we can't see on your LinkedIn profile.
1: Oh my goodness. That's a really great last question. And I'm totally used to going first. The alphabetical order <laughs> typically is how it works for me. Great to be here as well. My name's is Aria Aaron. Second year full-time MBA student at Marshall. So graduated in May, like the other ladies on this podcast with me today. And one thing you can't see on my LinkedIn profile. Wow. So I guess fun fact (laughs) is that when I was younger, about three, four, I was actually a baby model, like a toddler model. So my experience does not go back that far on LinkedIn. But you can actually look me up on YouTube. I was in a Monday. Monday Night Football opening with Amy Grant back in 1993. Fun fact, it is out there on YouTube, but definitely not on LinkedIn.
0: (laughs) That is a great fun fact. Thank you for sharing that. Michelle, I'm looking at you next. Would you mind introducing yourself? And same question, something about you that we can't find on your LinkedIn profile.
2: Man, it's really hard following Aria's fun fact, but <laughs> I'll give it a try. Hi, I'm Michelle Matsuba. I am also a second year full-time MBA student at USC Marshall. And one thing that you can't see is that I'm a surfer and my family is from Hawaii. So I actually grew up surfing there and now living in Los Angeles, been able to continue it. That's great. Uh, Libby, how about yourself?
3: Those are both really hard to follow. My gosh. Um, Libby Blasser, class of 2021, like the rest of these ladies, something you wouldn't be able to find on my LinkedIn page. Oh, that's hard. I normally go with Panamanian and Jewish because that throws people off and adds a little bit of education, but I guess I'm a co-founder for a spiritual wellness collective that's still in beta and not on my LinkedIn yet. And it's called a Luminary Collective. So yeah.
0: All right, that's great. Thank you. And last but not least, Isabella.
3: Hi,
4: um, Isabella Palacios, also class of twenty twenty one, second year full time MBA from USC Marshall. And something you cannot find on my LinkedIn profile is that I'm actually a history geek, love history. Actually, before connecting to this podcast, I was watching the Lost Treasures of Egypt on Disney Plus.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. That's a great. That's a great shout out and a great call out. What a great show. Awesome. All right, Isabella, so I'm looking at you, so I guess I'm going to start with you. So talk to me a little bit about when you you first heard about the case competition, why did, why did you choose to get involved? Why did you choose to participate?
4: Yeah, and I think in order to explain the why, we have to go a little bit earlier in time to the summer, with everything that happened with the Black Lives Matter movement, a horrible murder of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, it really made me reflect about racism, how it is still so alive in our everyday life, how systemic it is. So I started thinking to myself, what can I do to become Um, more active in the conversation. So it started by going to protest, learning more, going to downtown LA, watching movies by Black artists. But I still felt it wasn't enough. It was more of like an educational experience for me. And then when the time came, when I saw the posting of the John R. Lewis Case competition, I was like, okay, this is where I can start walking the walk. This is what I can start seeing how can corporate america's so we're all going to be future business leader can have a say in the conversation and actually drive it and change it because we do have the power to alter um the way people perceive racism so for me that was the main reason why i chose to participate and i feel i'm not very sure about this but i feel I feel like Ariel already knew about it, Levy and Michelle as well, but I think I put together the team according to (laughs) Levy. I don't quite remember, but I think I reached out to them like, hey, I really want to do this competition. And it was like an immediate yes from all of them.
0: That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Libby, is there anything else you want to add just from your perspective about why you chose to get involved?
3: I'm going to confirm ISA did in fact bring us all together, but I, she nailed it. I think there's responsibility on the part of MBA students and corporate America. We are a capitalist society at the end of the day, and that drives a lot of, as we saw this week with GameStop, no one can stop talking about it. There's so much impact that business has on the larger society. And I think we're at a point where we can help dismantle implicit bias. We can help dismantle explicit bias and racism. And those are things that need to be brought about in every conversation in very visible forms with commitments and backings by corporate sponsors and schools alike. So thank you, Willie and Emery, for bringing this to the table.
0: Yeah, I think they did a great job in in really taking the lead in terms of being a trailblazer and putting something that gets together. And just as a follow-up to this, and I'll turn it over to Michelle, maybe next, just would love to get your thoughts just in terms of the format, in terms of it being a case competition, in terms of there being employers involved, and certainly all of a chance as a team to work together. There's a lot of different opportunities to take advantage of in business school, but what particularly about not only just the topic, but this notion of having a case competition with a team, you excited to be involved and want to participate?
2: First of all, with the team aspect, I think it was really exciting to partner with my three friends who I had met through the consortium. So we met, the basis of us meeting was promoting diversity in business school and in the business world. And it was just an opportunity for us to put that actually into practice. And for the format of the competition, the opportunity not only to discuss these issues, to push these issues forward, but have the direct impact with corporations who have such an ability to touch millions of people was incredible. So there's been no other competition of its kind. And I think we need more because this was an opportunity for these corporations to really put their money where their mouth is, put their commitments front and center and be accountable to them. And the competition format just made it all the more better of a way to get the best ideas out of people.
0: Thank you, and I, I love how you gave a shout out to the consortium. Um, a consortium fellow as well, so shout out to the consortium fam. All right. I want to turn it over to you. Could you maybe walk us through the process in terms of so you have this team, you're together, and I know there was a few rounds and whatnot, but could you maybe share a little bit more details in terms of what that was like uh, for your, you and your team?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what I think was really amazing about all of us, and and we've all talked about it. We've known each other for quite a while, met in OP at OP back in June, 2019. And so to already have that history of knowing each other, again, like Michelle mentioned, having commitment to the consortium's mission, we've supported each other throughout this entire journey. So us getting together on a team was serendipitous in a way, like it was just, it was gonna happen. And we knew that once it did, that we were in a really great place. Part of the process, it really started with our application and I remember us working on it. Isa is an amazingly creative and just wonderful at designing. And she tried to put the framework together and we all divvied up the questions and worked through, but also at the bedrock of a lot of what we did was we just had that mutual respect and love for uh, one another, which really made the process that much easier. And so when we did the initial application, what was really crazy, I think before we even got the prompt, we talked about how education was important to us. So as part of the first round of your application, before you even get to the semifinal round, we had already said that like education and educating girls as all of us being women was important to us. And it's crazy that once we thankfully made it through to the semifinal round, the prompt that we received from Johnson & Johnson was just completely aligned with the passion that we all already said that we had. So I think from the get-go, like it was just, might I say, ordained almost in the way that we worked together, already had that connection, already had that mutual desire. And so once the project came in the semi final round, it was just like, we already know where to go from here. So let's just put the work in. And everyone was so committed and passionate about the work that we were doing, which made it fun for all of us to do this. And I think ultimately, all the ladies will say that this was really a labor of love and ultimately an honor for all of us to really be a part of it. So the process itself moved very seamlessly for us just because we already hit from the beginning on all cylinders.
0: Yeah. And thank you for sharing more context there. And it sounds like you all complement each other in so many ways in terms of the diverse skill sets that you bring to the table. Uh, maybe turning over it to you, Libby, could you talk maybe a little bit more just about? So you advanced to the semifinals, and then you mentioned Ari mentioned the the prompt from Johnson and Johnson. Could you talk a little bit more about what the prompt was and how you responded, and then perhaps the finals and going forward from there?
3: Yeah, of course. Just to start talking about skill set, we opened our project, which the. I'll get to the prompt, but we opened with Aria's ability to hook people in and and bring an emotional connection to things. And I think if you just heard her speak just now, you feel that I was just getting a little bit like, oh man, yeah, these ladies really are powerhouses. And when we Got together and talked about our skill set. We had no idea what the prompt was going to be. We had an idea that it would be some form of racial impact. We had some idea that these six companies were involved. It could go any way. But what we really care about, as Ari mentioned, is education, educating women of color, and really trying to make the dent from the ground up, understanding it takes support from the top down, too. So we... With the help of she, we got emailed, oh, we're on the Johnson & Johnson team here. You guys made it to the semifinals. You're gonna be coming into essentially a Zoom call conference with the the three other teams that are gonna be competing against you for Johnson's representation in the final round. So we had made it from 105 teams that applied across a whole slew of universities and graduate programs, not exclusively just MBA programs, which we found out when we got to the semifinals, but we got the email, this is your link, join. And before we even got to that portion of the semifinals, he says, okay, guys, this is our first impression. Are we going to do integrated? Everyone's the same background for Zoom. We're going to have the Zoom background that's Johnson & Johnson branded. We're not going to put our name because that was explicitly told us that we couldn't come forth with. And I think the three of us Michelle, Arya, and myself were like, oh, wow, she's on this next level of branding and vision that out the gate, we were like, okay, Issa's our marketing brand girl. She's got us down. We walked into and virtually walked into this meeting of the semifinal round and we had unanimous color schemes, which were already like pinkish skewed towards women empowerment in STEM, like unknowing of the prompt get to the semifinal and they're like we want this competition to address supporting and inspiring educating 1 million black girls in five years from today okay so we sat down in the semifinal and we're we're like whoa our backgrounds already are literally speaking to this prompt amazing it was just again speaking to aria's ordained it was written format of just, you get four people who know each other, have a mutual passion for making change and impact, and it it just came together. Semi-final rounds, we got to ask a few questions. It was very light. It was more meet and greet. It was a powerhouse group of other schools, Harvard, Vanderbilt, really just incredible backgrounds coming to the table, and the support from Johnson & Johnson. And we really got to hear what they were facing with regards to internal opportunities, external goals, and the commitment that Johnson & Johnson has to really bringing forth racial justice and social impact change. They told us, dream big. Think big. There's no budget here. Don't think within the confines of however much we've already spent on it. Don't worry about it. Just you know, go for the gold. And from there, we took it upon ourselves to meet basically once a week, and sometimes twice a week. We had a budget for doing primary research. We conducted uh, focus groups with Black girls between the ages of nine and 29, specifically also in STEM and surveys. And then the rest was like, again, labor of love, putting the time in to really synthesize all the research that we'd done collectively through our initial conversations after that semifinal meeting.
0: Uh, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. And it's no surprise that Isabelle is going to be a brand manager when she graduates. So it, everything is pretty much on point in that perspective. Just to continue on from where you left off, Libby, I'll throw this over to Michelle. So Libby had mentioned you had done a bunch of research. You had a bunch of focus groups. Would be curious to know just based off of that research, you know, what were some of the things you learned or some of the insights that you gleaned either from the focus groups that you had or any other types of research that you did? on as you were preparing for the semifinals and finals?
2: That's a great question, because something that we realized and decided early on is we don't want to reinvent the wheel of all of the academic experts and researchers who have come before us on this gargantuan topic. And we were really encouraged by Willie and the Emory team to take a step back before diving into the problem and really understand. problem before making recommendations. So we did historical research on race in America, but specifically the unique challenges of Black girls. And a lot of that, what we focused on is just the misunderstanding of the young Black girl experience and how that misunderstanding often results in trauma, often results in consequences and in school that aren't necessarily aligned with what they need. And then from there, we we decided to use actually a framework that a researcher, Dr. Christina Collins, came up with, which is the Black student STEM identity, and that helped guide all of our recommendations. And it really aligns with what are the questions that Black girls need to answer yes to, succeed, and excel in STEM. And so that's what we based our research off of. And we wanted to then supplement that with the firsthand interviews of not only young girls, but also women already working in STEM in order to really dive in deeper. We so appreciate and value all of the work that we were able to draw from because we knew with only about six weeks to a month, we wouldn't be able to do every research that could help us address this problem in the best way. So those secondary sources that we used were incredible. And it, in our presentation, we guided it all the way through each and every recommendation That we offered to J and J just
0: for, to give some love to Dr. Collins and for those of us out there who aren't as familiar, could you talk a little bit about what those questions are from her framework that black girls must say should, or could say yes to, or if they said yes to would be beneficial.
2: Absolutely. It's what must I do to succeed in a STEM field? Do I want to succeed in a STEM field? Do I belong in a STEM field and can I succeed in a STEM field? So those are the questions. And that's what we drew on throughout all of our recommendations. And it really helped ground us and make sure that we were always going back to what do these Black girls need the most? And what can Johnson & Johnson do with their unique resources Mm -hmm. to address those questions? And hopefully at the end of the day, we're encouraging more and more Black girls and empowering more and more to say yes to those questions.
0: Yeah, great. Thank you for sharing that and shining some more light onto that. Isabel, I want to go up to you, back to you for a second. Could you maybe talk about some of the recommendations that you made or some of the ideas that you came up with that you put forward? I mean, that will ultimately sound the judges were pretty happy with.
4: Yes, absolutely. As Michelle mentioned, we use Dr. Christina Collins' framework as a bedrock of our recommendations. So we started by thinking how can we we reach these girls in a way that they are able to answer all of this questions? So we decided to actually take the Peloton model and make it STEM. So our whole idea was to create a website, blackgirlstems.org, which actually Johnson & Johnson, if you're listening, the URL is available <laughs> to take. Um, we even got us in-depth dub- a stat. So the whole idea was that this Blacksterms I'm sorry, blackgirlstem.org was able to provide on-demand and live classes in five different levels from first grade um, to 12th grade, and also a college prep course. They will also have the ability to receive daily affirmations and inspiration from Black women so they could see that Black women do belong in STEM. And then at the same time, we also wanted to do a career explorer, which is something that Johnson already. Does with their we stem to D website but we wanted to take it a little bit further and within that career stem career explorer we wanted to include stories of black women in stem so they can also understand the types of things they can do that maybe it's not just doctors and scientists but it's also things like being a marine biologist and trying to save the planet which is really important for girls today so that was one of like our biggest concept and then from there it's like how can we complement this because we have this Idea. We can definitely reach 1 million girls if things go well by year five. But honestly, we can do more. There's so much more we can do. So we also thought about a deal like let's create a scholarship. We thought that creating one scholarship a year for a girl that was pursuing a STEM career will be viable. But actually, we got challenged of why just one. And then thinking back is, yeah, why we only decided one because we do have the budget When we run the numbers to give more scholarships. So what, that was part um, of the recommendation. And tied back to BlackgirlSTEM.org because one of the criteria to be selected or to apply for the scholarship was to have some sort of contact with and. And then we also came up with this amazing social media campaign, which we, after a lot of deliberation, we decided to call the hashtag sister STEM campaign into which women STEM will post into social media, ideally targeting TikTok, why they love being in STEM, why girls should learn about STEM and STEM with them. And then we also came up with another idea, which was a hub program, because that's something that really came through our research, how STEM it's so hands-on, there's so much you can do virtually. You actually need the hands-on experience to cultivate an interest in STEM. So we said, okay, let's design a hop program in which j and employees can also um, volunteer and work with this girls. And so we created this hub program that will get together four times a year, different activities um, from science activities, speaker series with Black women, and um, a college fair for girls who are a little bit older. And then we also decided that the fourth event for the hub program should be an innovation fair in which they can apply everything they've learned into solving a challenge and ultimately present it to the J&J employees plus the um, wider black we stem community obviously because of capacity issues we said we can only run this in five cities but again that's too small we need to keep dreaming big so we said like how can we like make this and scale it and we say got it we're gonna do a magic stem to the bus which we actually took the idea from the um shaping your own biases bus from ceo in action that came through our school that was really impactful for us in order to check our own biases and learn more about racism. So as this will be perfect, we can give them an interactive STEM experiences. And again, with this, try to reach more girls across the country. Ideally, at 50 cities, if more, the better. So that way we can expand our reach. And again, this is amazing. But what else can we do? So we said we're missing something. We're missing a media partnership. We're missing something even bigger. So we say, what media partnership can we do? And I think after a lot of research, we decided Disney Plus. That's the way to go for multiple data points that we found about how black consumers really are. You using Disney? Um, plus in Disney in general, but also at the same time, Disney's commitment to amplifying black voices, how STEM it's actually part of Disney State today with all of their movies, their theme parks. They're really invested on it. So we thought it would be ideal if we can partner with Disney. So that was <laughs> the long of our recommendations.
0: That's great. Thank you for sharing that and for breaking that down. There's so many good nuggets in there. I want to try to summarize a couple of my favorite components yeah. of it. So, first off, I love the tie in with Peloton, something that's recent and relevant, but in terms of being able to drive engagement, but also loving the mediums to which to communicate with people and to meet them where they are. I think that's fantastic. The other thing that I love that you really that you mentioned and that you highlighted with what you just talked about is being able to think about access and inclusion in terms of scholarship money. Dollars matter. Dollars matter. Opportunity matters. And not just thinking about, again, one, but uh, really thinking about what's going to move the needle in a meaningful and impactful way. So it's thinking big. And I think the third thing is being able to integrate so many other different aspects of what's going on in either the classroom or in what you individually are, are doing. And quite frankly, I feel like it's just a great business case for why diversity matters in terms of in this case competition, in your solutions, you were integrating other aspects of things you're learning about or discussing into your actual solutions. So talking about the group that came to USC Marshall for the thing that you did, thinking about Disney Plus, and I'm sure you're learning about media and entertainment in some of your classes. And I'm not trying to be the spokesperson for case competitions here, but that is the power of something like this when you put a team together and a diverse one is that you get answers and solutions that are unique and innovative and that bring all the fruits to bear of the entire team. Uh, There's a lot of great stuff, I think, in your solution. But from an outsider perspective, those are some of the things that those are the things that stuck out to me. All right, I want to go back to you for a second. Spoiler alert, your team won. So congrats. So that's pretty awesome. What was that feeling like? How did it feel knowing that this is the first competition, something you all put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into is something that you all had a passion for? How did it feel to actually win the whole damn thing?
1: Wow, that's how it felt. Wow. I know for me, like when I heard that we won, I screamed like really loud in my house and my family were like they were, my mom was told me later she was like I didn't know if there was like something wrong with you if it was a good scream or if something happened like I wasn't sure but it was I, I will admit that it, it took a while for me to actually process the whole feeling of it for one it was like my first case competition so this was my first experience in rodeo in general so I was very appreciative to be able to do it with these ladies but For me, it it took a moment because I, I knew that we had really great recommendations. I knew that we had a great presentation, that we were sharp and all of those amazing things. And even in the semifinal round, we got so much positive feedback on our presentation. So even going in, I felt really confident, but it's one thing to feel confident. And it's another thing for it to be the reality. And it was just something that I really, I was like, wow, this is crazy. We hopped on Zoom after and Daphne celebrated, pumped each other up. Our families were in the background and congratulating us, which was really amazing. But I think part of the reason it took, at least for me, so long to process it was the tie to Congressman John Lewis. Me personally, John Lewis is, is an alum of Fisk University, where he used to be really involved in SNCC. And I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, so I've known about his history for a really long time. Plus, I lived in Atlanta before I moved to USC. So I also lived under his time in in Congress as a representative. And I was personally impacted when he passed this summer. And so for me, just the thought that it was almost like, wow, we did something that really tipped the hat to such a huge giant. And I... It was hard, not hard in a bad way, but it was really took me a while to be like, wow, y'all, not only we did we just win, this is the first time that there's been a competition like this. We won, we did well. And at the same time, we honored a man who meant a lot, an enormous impact that he's had on this country. So to be able to honor him and actually like his nephew was the one who said who all the winners were. So to have his family be on and say that was just absolutely amazing, surreal. And the tears were flowing. The excitement was definitely there. But this is what I feel like I came to business school for. Moments yeah. like these, like to have this type of impact. And so winning that was just the tip of the iceberg for me, like in experiences and what might like that. So I'm honestly, I'm still processing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been an amazing experience.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I think that's an experience that you'll remember for quite some time. And I can only imagine how exciting, but also how humbling it is to be announced as the winner from someone who is related to, to John Lewis. That is something special. Um, it's such
1: an honor also to, to represent USC Marshall.
0: Sure. How about you, Michelle? How did winning make you feel?
2: I mean, that that day was like such an amazing rush of emotions and excitement. When I found out I was like screaming, running around, my dogs started running around. It was crazy. (laughs) It was awesome. But echo Aria, this is what we came to business school for. These moments, it's such a culmination of so many reasons of why we're here. First and foremost, just making that positive impact on people and what look at what corporations can do if they're looking to do something for good. Look at all of the different ways that these companies can truly have a positive impact on people's lives. It's incredible. It makes you, it broadens your idea of what is possible. And, and Lisa said earlier, one of the judges pushed us to even dream even bigger. And just to hear that the executives at these companies want to dream bigger, it shows that's what we're here to do. We sh- are the people to be pushing the corporations to dream bigger. And it's funny because I think I know I signed up for the competition because I just thought it was no-brainer working with my friends on a topic that I'm passionate about. And once we got the problem statement, it was like, wow, this is really a topic we're passionate about. And once we started working on it, we realized, wow, this could be such an incredible impact for Black girls. And going to the end of the competition and seeing in the finals all of the different areas that the other companies were trying to help as well it was bigger than a case competition it really is it's so much bigger and at the end of the day willie said to all of us the winners a lot of people won today but the winners aren't the people in this room the winners are the people who these initiatives and programs are going to help at the end of the day and i've it felt like that throughout the entire competition because even though it was a competition everyone was there for that purpose and there is nothing more powerful that I've experienced in business school than that.
0: Thank you for sharing that two things. Number one, I think that there's also something to be said about being able to be part of something that is bigger than just yourself in terms of the team aspect, but also to the point of what you said, all the other teams with great ideas that are out there. And two, Willie's pretty wise, isn't he? That's a pretty, what you what just said, That's pretty wise. We'll give a shout out to Willie. He's a good guy. It's like, uh, how
4: come he's a second year like us? <laughs> I know,
0: Willie, we love you. Great job. Issa, I want to go back to you for a second, because I heard you and Aria got a shout out for the two things that are, that you both are great at, but I want you to talk about your two other team members. So what is, what does Libby bring to the table? What's her strength? And what is Michelle bring to the table? And what's her strength?
4: Oh my God, there's so many. Technically, Libby is her numbers woman. She had the finance. She run through that 10K and she like devoured it. And creating this like evergreen business model based on Thompson Bombas. It was just like, woo that even the CFO or somebody from Johnson that's in finance, they even mentioned like somebody in your team must know finance. And that was all Levy, like she, (laughs) we were dreaming big, but we had no idea how we're going to pay for this. And she in, I don't know, in a matter of like days, just like, I I got you. (laughs) How much money do you need? So that part, technically, like her finance skills are like no, no brainer. And I think just like the motion side of it, the respect, understanding of hearing everyone's opinion. And I think that speaks through everyone in this team. I think all of us were really empathetic and very emotionally intelligent to understand each other, respect each other, challenge each other as well, but always for the benefit of the team and the end goal. And in terms of Michelle, she's also so wise. I feel probably of all of us, Michelle probably speaks the least because I can say Aria, Libby, and I speak a ton, but Michelle is so wise. When she speaks, she's that's it. <laughs> I, I think, and then her very, she has this thing of you give something that's good and she just takes us up to another level. And makes it even better and that is so powerful when you have that person that takes already that something that's good and makes it great i think that's michelle and that's why i think her career is really focused on on impact and being an impact strategist
0: that's great it sounds like a pretty kick-ass team if i can say so myself Libby, i want to go back to you for a second now that this is over i would love to know from you what have you learned from this experience or, or what are you going to take away from being able to be part of this
3: Oh, wow. That's a big one. What I learned is that we have the power and the right to push companies forward, to push this topic into conversations across every industry, every vertical, every business unit, and to take responsibility. What what I'm taking from this is if we're not talking about it, we can't rely on other people to, but we need to be able to inspire safe spaces where conversations like these can come to the forefront, where people who are passionate about this topic can help pave the path forward of creating channels to solutions. And it can't start and stop in the classroom. It can't start and stop at a case competition. We can't look to and. God bless John Lewis. We need more of people like him in positions of policy and policy creation, but we can't just lean on those people. We also have to be the people making change happen. And this case competition gave us the opportunity to feel like we were helping create that change for a behemoth large, huge corporation who has the 10K to support this, as Issa noted. And what we're doing at USC and at least this group of women here and a bunch of our peers at school are trying to continue pushing the envelope on this topic on how to create lasting and impactful change and momentum forward through a diversity conference um, and summit that we're having on February 27th. Shameless plug here, I'm sorry, but Forward Summit is coming up on a Saturday, February 27th. So there's no excuse not to be there. It's open to the public. We have an amazing group of executives that are people of color, Black and Latino specifically. It's co-hosted and organized by the Latino Management Business Association, for which I lead, and the Black Graduate Business Leaders Association that ARIA leads. And it's it's a way where we can feel like we're still driving the conversation and the ideation of out-of-the-box ways that we can create that momentum, to continue it, to keep the conversation, to disseminate education and ways to continue pushing the needle when you're in the workforce, because classes are important and access to information is power. Knowledge is power. But what do you do when you have it? Now that you have it, where do you go with it? So I think that's what this case competition showed me. Willie is a visionary and he really brought this to the place where I think even as club leaders who are also trying to make impact at school levels and within communities that people care. These corporations have people within them that care too. And and the tide is turning, but we need to have the space to bring that conversation forward to people even outside of our smaller communities. This case competition had over 900 people attending, which was wild to see as a participant who is presenting. That's insp- inspiring in itself.
0: Uh, It's inspiring. and It's moving to uh, Libya. As you were talking, I I kept thinking of the phrase, if not me, who, and if not now, when, and that as you were talking, that is something that came out. And then the other thing that I love that you said is just the onus that you all believe you have in terms of doing something with this because of the access and privilege that you have. And I I think that's actually going to be my next question. And this is over to you, Aria. So I know you all have mentioned you have uh, a tie-in with education and the importance of education. You all have a tie-in with consortium in terms of you all worked very hard to get what you are into business school. Consortium certainly was a you know critical component of it. And in addition to that, you all will soon to be, uh, in a few short months, MBA graduates and alum. I'm curious to know from your perspective, what does that mean to you to know that education can be a force for good and that you all will have an education soon or a degree soon enough that puts you in a very unique and special position, knowing how much, knowing how much you understand the importance of education uh, to, to individuals. Like what, how does it make you feel? Or what position does that make you put you in?
1: For me, it, it points to responsibility. Like when I look at that, we, we, you have so many blessings. Like to me, this is, these are blessings. These are honors to be able to have access to, education to the consortium to getting an MBA like having the access and doing the work there for me it just means that I have to continue to make sure that I'm letting other people know that look I believe in your ability to do this too I know that there may be reservations sometimes there I recognize that there is a privilege but how can I help you is how I look at it because to me it's nice to be able to have all of these achievements, but it ultimately means nothing if it's only for me, if it only benefits me. And so I look at it as this inspires me to just continue to push forward in mentorship. For example, I've always been a huge proponent for mentorship. And so for me now, it's, I got all of these things. How am I giving it back? How am I paying it forward? Whether that is helping, for example, prospective students work on getting into school because I want them to be able to come to Marshall as well, whether it's that or whether it's young girls in the middle schools in the LA area or in the high schools in the LA area. like I want to feed into the community because I've been blessed with the opportunity to have all of this access. And to have that privilege that you mentioned. So responsibility is the work. That's what it means to me. It's my responsibility to make way for others
0: mm-hmm. to
1: be able to come along and not just make way, but also bring them with me. Reach back and also pull them along with me.
0: One of my favorite organizations out there is called Europe. And one of their mottos is uh, reach while you climb. So as you're climbing, you're always pulling up other people with you. And as you were talking, one of the other things I personally think about a lot of times, and I know I try to talk to my friends and colleagues about is that privilege can be really powerful when shared. And this notion of unlocking what you have to benefit yourself and not just yourself but others I think with the right mindset and the right commitment can do wonders and particularly in some of the ways in which you describe in terms of mentoring others and guiding others and and so I'm glad that you all see something similar when I want to wrap up here and I'm going to sense Michelle is the wise one and we're going to end on end with her but so I guess maybe now that you're the champions what do you hope to see from the case competition moving forward just in terms of, it was obviously great to have 900 people participate this year, but what do you hope to happens with it in the future? And what do you hope students get out of it in the future and building off of certainly a great first year?
2: I look forward to the competition continuing to engage more corporations. I hope that the, was it four, six? The six corporations that participated this year have inspired and set an example for other corporations out there that they should get involved too, and that this is an enormous opportunity for them to take advantage of some of the brightest talent out there who are passionate and also have just enormous amount of insight on these areas to give to help them solve these problems and to help encourage that responsibility to carry throughout the corporate world. And I hope that more students get involved. I think that it was brand new this year and it was incredible to see that we competed against 105 different teams. And Then the most, one of the coolest moments, I think, of the entire competition was just sharing that we were in the final round with our fellow classmates and just how many of those classmates showed up, were cheering us on, were texting us throughout the day, were giving us like props after and asking us about the project that we did, asking us more about why we signed up for it and giving us that opportunity to share. I, I foresee that this competition is going to explode in terms of participants because of how much exposure it got from the students that participated in it throughout their schools. So I, I look forward to not only more corporations getting involved, but also more students. And I think that the JLCC team is incredible. And if they continue pushing corporations uh, and empowering students to help solve their problems the way they did this year, next year, and the years to come, the only way to go is up because they've always had the North Star of John Lewis's words of wisdom, his mission that he wanted everyone to continue to spread. And if they continue with that, they can't go wrong.
0: That's a great, great wise words and way to end it, Michelle. Isabella, Libby, Aria, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me again. uh, The Coalition for Change team from USC Marshall, the winners of the inaugural John R. Lewis Racial Justice Case Competition. Thank you so much for being here. Before we go, I want to give a chance for Libby and Aria. I know that in addition to obviously caring about this event, you both have another event that's coming up soon. Do you want to give just a quick plug for your event coming up at the end of February?
3: Yes, yes, of course I do. Aria, want
1: to take it away? Absolutely. Black graduate business leaders and the Latino Management Business Association at Marshall are having an amazing event that we call the Forest Summit. It's the second year that we're doing this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be virtual this year. And so it'll be a first for us in as far as it being virtual. But we're really excited to have it because the whole purpose of the event is really to highlight. Black and Latino business professionals in various industries. We understand specifically after what happened this summer with Black Lives Matter is how important it is for companies and businesses to really be involved in the conversation. And there was a lot of conversation with businesses saying that they support racial justice and support, but we saw sometimes a dearth of representation, especially at the higher levels. And so for us, this conference really this year is elevating to a point of giving that extra exposure, which allows for inspiration and connection amongst these different communities. And so we're having four panels. One is called the C-Suite Roundtable, which will exactly be discussing the diversity of boardrooms and sweet suite suites. We'll also have a focus on entertainment, which are, which is called In Focus is the name of the panel, but it's about racial representation and entertainment. We're also having an entrepreneurship panel, which will have representatives of not just entrepreneurs, but also people in VC that are talking about investing. In minority-owned businesses, and then lastly, we will have what we call the cannabis business panel, which is all about the cannabis industry and uh, social equity in a space and mer- emerging trends for diverse business owners. So, February 27th, which is a Saturday, starts at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It will be on a virtual platform called AirMeet, which will allow people to have it. But for more information, you can check out our website USC-forward-f-o-r w a r d summit S U M M I T dot com check it out all of the information is there as far as speakers times and also where you can register and and get your tickets
0: great Uh, again coalition for change thank you so much for being here and congratulations hi everyone ld here and thank you so much for listening to the mba insider podcast if you liked what you heard make sure to head over to Apple podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to MBA school.com backslash podcast.